So there has been a lot of hype over the last several years, especially before COVID, about SMART goals. I have sat in hours of professional development and and just all the things about how to create SMART goals for myself, my students. All the gurus have been pushing these things for years, but are they worth the effort? Are SMART goals really worth all the hype? Let's talk about whether putting effort into creating SMART goals is really worth it for us and for our students. But before we jump into that, I wanted to let you know about a freebie that I've shared to make life a little bit easier when creating goals with your students in mind. Check out my Instagram, Teaching Struggling Learners, or Facebook pages. You can go into the profile, grab a copy of the free workbook for goal setting with students. It includes easy steps and workbook pages to make it easy to get kids on board with goals that make sense for them. You can find it in my Instagram, Facebook profile, Teaching Struggling Learners, or in today's podcast show notes. Make sure you grab that today. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've been in education for any length of time, you have heard about SMART goals. They are on just about every admin's tongue and every PD experience has some slide given to it. I'm not quite sure just when they became the new hotness, but after so many years in education, I'm willing to bet they're not going to go away anytime soon. I won't bore you with all the details about SMART goals and all that, because let's face it, you will be subjected to that happiness over and over and over again in the school-based PD that you're going to go through every year. But I'm going to just do a little summary. SMART goals are goals which are specific to the issue at hand, can actually be measured, and have an end date by which you would expect to be able to accomplish them without an act of God or Congress. How do you like that definition? Most of the gurus that I've heard explain SMART goals in terms of universal screeners and standardized tests and all that stuff, because that's their wheelhouse. Some of these goals might be to maybe increase a score by 50 points or maybe 10 percentile points by the end of the school year. Administrators seem to love these type of goals because they think they relate to their school grades and all that stuff. Plus, I mean, let's face it, it's easy for admin to make a quick determination about whether teachers met that goal or not. I personally hate those types of goals because they fail to take into account all the things that could account for a student meeting or not meeting that goal. Plus, unless a teacher is teaching to the test, which is a whole nother level of yuck and grossness and subject for a whole nother podcast episode, I don't even want to think about that. We don't have a massive amount of control as teachers 
over meeting that goal in reality. Yeah, that's harsh. I realize that everybody wants to think that, you know, we have a whole lot of say in whether our kids meet the standards and all that stuff, but not when it comes to those standardized tests. Universal screeners or standardized tests, they assess so many different things that it is nearly impossible for us as teachers to know for sure that a specific practice that we used in the classroom did or did not really impact the results. Was it the curriculum, the interventions, home life, the fact that the student was added to the free and reduced lunch list, after school tutoring, How about those three extra minutes of reading with the teacher every single day? The topic of reading on the test, maybe. Maybe the topic was something of interest to the kiddo or not, depending. All those things and many, many, many more could impact the score for a student on any given day. It is impossible for us to say without with certainty that the teacher's work is the thing responsible for the increase, decrease, or stagnation in scores. Not to mention, assessing our progress toward a goal three times a year is a horrible predictor for future success. Think about it. When kids are learning the alphabet, we don't check in to see if they learn their letters or sounds three times a year. We check that at least every other week, sometimes more. Same thing when kids are starting to learn their sight words or, you know, the ever-present spelling list with their phonics. But for some reason, admin and gurus think that we should just check in on our goals three, four times a year. Yeah, no, I respectfully disagree. No, do not take that to mean that I suggest testing kids more. I mean, smart goals we make should be on specific skills especially skill deficits, and have a much shorter time frame. While I understand where admin are coming from, I think that SMART goals could actually have a positive impact on student learning if we use them more realistically in the classroom, aka step off from the standardized tests and let's actually look at the individual kids. Honestly, SMART goals fit right in with response to intervention, progress monitoring, and that stuff does have a lot of science backing up how effective it can be for students. Making goals for students, especially more specific to the students' needs, that, that these goals that have shorter uh, length of time in between, you know, whether you meet the goal or not, And of course, being specific to skill deficits, that really makes sense in today's classroom. If you want to learn more about, you know, how to get goals, get get this goals made with students in mind, and especially with the students helping you with them, check out episode 57, um, last week's episode, because that'll give you some good information on how to do that. For example, Creating goals regarding being able to answer a certain number of addition problems in a minute or being able to read a certain number of sight words by the end of the quarter makes much more sense in the classroom setting as opposed to increasing a star score by 10 percentage points. Students think in terms of what they can or cannot do in the classroom or they think in terms of grades which come out quarterly. 
By making SMART goals, which are shorter in length and skill-specific, students have the opportunity to directly impact the accomplishment of the goal and how much improvement they make in their own academic career. Not to mention, honestly, how often have you accomplished a year-long New Year's resolution? Thinking out for 10 to 12 months about going to the gym daily or reading for 30 minutes daily for a struggling reader, that gets overwhelming almost immediately. By committing to practicing multiplication problems four weeks, you know, to be able to beat a speed test is much more manageable, especially when the positive outcome is that word problems are easier to do and grades come up. So are SMART goals beneficial to teachers or students? Honestly, it depends on how they're used. If your school is making you create SMART goals at the beginning of the year, then not returning to them until the end, they are a useless waste of time. Blunt, but true. If you are creating SMART goals based on individual student or small group needs and revisiting the progress on a regular basis, adjusting what you're doing along the way, to ensure that you meet or surpass the goal, then yeah, you're making a positive impact on learning. Like everything in education, there is a lot of potential with this tool, but only if it's used appropriately. The most interesting curriculum in the world is a waste of space if it isn't used. The amazing interactive intervention program is worthless if it isn't used consistently. The musical instruments are a waste of money if they're only brought out for concerts. The fact is, there are a lot of incorrectly used assets in schools. Teachers, we know this. We talk about it all the time when we ask where that old program went that worked so well. Let's pull the things that work off the shelves, dust them off, and start using them to actually make progress with our students. Not to improve school grades or test scores or increase standardized percentage points and all that, but to improve student skills. Make sure you grab my goal-making freebie in the show notes or on my profile at Teaching Struggling Learners for an easy-to-use guide to creating reasonable goals with your students. It's going to help you work with your students to achieve great things in 2022 and beyond. Thank you for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode 58. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your first week back calm, and your to-do list manageable. Bye.